1: what's up you guys i'm andrea and i'm hayley and you're listening to inhuman a true crime podcast
0: So, before
1: we jump into today's case, which, by the way, is going to be a Halloween-related case, so Ooh. yay for that. Um, Haley and I both have a couple of updates that we just want to touch base on. Um, for starters, the Raymond Moody-Brittany Drexel ca- uh, trial. Um, basically, today he got sentenced. Um, he did plead guilty to... Uh, unfortunately murdering Brittany drexel yeah. in georgetown south carolina um we did cover this shoot i forgot to check that part <laughs> episode 104 we covered that but today he was sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years for kidnapping and 30 years for rape yeah. so amazing he will good job justice hopefully system. never yeah exactly he'll never see the light of day well You'll see the light of day but will never have freedom again so yeah. um just wanted to update you guys on that because that is some good news and you know she's finally getting some justice after what 13 years i think
0: yeah i think that's 2009 right. or something
1: yeah. yeah so yeah that's that's the update for that and then yeah. you had something too right
0: Yeah, there was a huge case update in the Kristen Smart case, which we covered it a long time ago in episode 13. It was the very first. Yeah, Yeah, that was the very first of our like weekly cases. Um, And I think a lot of people have heard of this case, and it's actually the one that like got me into true crime. So I have been thinking about this a long time, and actually when we covered it, I don't I think they had just been like executed the search warrants, but I can't even remember if they had yet been arrested. Maybe they had been arrested. No, No, I don't think they had. No, I don't think they had. So yeah, there's been a lot of updates. I am going to do a full update episode where I like share all of the details about what happened from when I last told the case until now. But right. Paul Flores has been found guilty of the first-degree murder of Kristen Smart. Um, she, Her body has never been found, and he pleaded not guilty. So it went to jury trial. Um, his defense team tried to get the trial thrown out nine different times throughout Whew. the course of the trial. And the jury came back yesterday saying he's guilty. So he is facing... I think it's 25 years to life but he's probably gonna get life Um, and it's just so crazy that there was her body's never been found but they were still able to prove that he murdered her yep the unfortunate side is that his father who was on trial for accessory to murder for helping paul cover up the crime he was found not guilty so mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but he was only facing three years in prison. So it's not like he was facing that long, which is frustrating. Um, yeah. But he's he's on the older side. He's in his 80s. So hopefully he just doesn't live much longer, which is a bad thing to say. But I truly believe that he helped Paul get away with this for the last 26 mm-hmm. years. So he deserves to pay for what he did. Yeah. I agree. And they must have just not had enough evidence to prove that he helped, which, I mean, it makes it does kind of make sense if they didn't have enough actual evidence because, you know, cell phone records are limited. He is Paul's father. So even saying like, oh, Paul called him right after it happened, like you can't necessarily prove that that means he did anything. So I do see how it could have been difficult to prove that. Um, and I'll go more into depth and in, like the details of the case and stuff. When I do a case update episode, I'm probably going to do that after the sentencing happen- happens for Paul. So right. once it's like completely closed up, buttoned up, all done. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to update on that. And Kristen's family has put out a statement thanking everybody for how much... They've put into this the sheriff's office, Chris Lambert, who did the Your Own Backyard podcast, the whole prosecution team and just everyone and just the community for remembering Kristen and holding her in our hearts for so much time and, you know, fighting for justice for her. So I'm really happy for her family. I do hope that one day he will tell them where her body is because I know that's just another level of closure. But I cannot believe that after 26 years, this man is now in prison. I know it's so crazy and it's it's awful that it took this long but I'm just glad that you know her family has some closure yeah yeah and he'll spend the rest of his miserable life in prison so yeah thank goodness um but yeah stay tuned for more details on that one but we wanted to update you guys on those cases because those are two pretty pretty big case updates it's really the season of justice and it's amazing to see that I know I keep every time I'm like yes The season of justice like it really yeah it's been incredible yeah Yeah.
1: and it's only gonna keep getting better because our advances in technology and
0: yeah
1: dna and and all that stuff is just gonna get better
0: yeah and the media and stuff i mean the your own backyard podcast that chris lambert did that played a huge role in kristen smart's case being closed and he did discover things and that was a huge thing but even if you don't think about that he just brought a lot of attention to the case Mm-hmm. and yes the sheriff's office was always determined to solve it but bringing more attention maybe brought more witnesses forward and just brought renewed attention to it and i think that that's what led to a conviction being made so you know yeah it's it's good to see that good is coming out of this whole true crime phase that a lot of people seem to be in yeah and while i while we say that um, do not glorify serial killers or romanticize serial killers. There has been so much shit with this new Dahmer show specifically where people are like, they literally, there's Dahmer Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to say that the actor did a very good job portraying the character. It is not okay to glorify at all. Even the actor doing the, the playing the character. Like, this was a real killer that murdered many people just don't just don't do it just don't glor- glorify them don't romanticize them nothing about that is ever okay and i just wanted to say yeah that. agreed anyway i'm off my soapbox <laughs> now
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i was gonna say i feel like a lot of people like they are just so obsessed with um evan peters and they just like, they're just obsessed with him, and because yeah. he's playing this, like, crazy role, it, like, has renewed this interest yeah. in, and in the case okay. and everything. And be obsessed with but,
0: Peters, but not yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer.
1: But it's getting muddied, I feel like. Like, the, the water's is. getting muddied because it's like, he's playing this role, and yeah. that you don't want
0: to be enticed by that, you know? Yeah, no, you can, you can, there's two separate... Sides Mm -hmm. where you can look at him and say he's attractive as a person, he did a really good job portraying this character, this awful human being. Like, he's a very talented actor. But don't say, Oh my gosh, he is so attractive as Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, no, that's disgusting. No, No. you can't say stuff like that. Jeffrey Dahmer is a real person, (laughs) no, not at all. Um, yeah but yeah it's you just have to remember that these are real stories and I think sometimes when they get turned into like Netflix shows it's so easy Mm -hmm. to think about it as like this didn't happen in real life especially when it's not a docu-series or a documentary because it is dramatized a little bit but Dahmer like that's actually what happened and it's easy to fall into that like oh it's it's just a show but like no this is real life and and I think
1: there is a a large group of people who really do like romanticize or mm-hmm. whatever you want to say serial killers. They mm-hmm. just do. Yeah. And I mean
0: Yeah. I posted a TikTok that was of like a screenshot from another TikTok of a shirt that said it's and this has like gone around for years. This isn't new that oh, yeah, yeah, said yeah. Uh, strangle me like Bundy. Choke me like choke me like Bundy. Choke, choke me like Bundy. Eat me like Dahmer. Eat me like Dahmer. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, But I on TikTok, a lot of people were like, this is disgusting. Why would you do that? And my my video was like, don't do this. But I also posted it on YouTube Shorts. And it hit the wrong audience (laughs) because there were so many people commenting like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. I want this shirt. Like, just like really disgusting things. And I was like, do you guys not realize that, like, these are people who actually took people's lives? Like, Like just say, like if you if you just want to be
1: choked and eaten you know in a sexual way then just say that
0: (laughs) yeah don't don't compare it to a serial killer so yeah anyway yeah because like what you're saying basically is like you want to be murdered yeah yeah and that's so disrespectful to the victim's families and the victims and everybody that has ever been affected by anything like this so yeah just don't do that um people need to chill because like cancel
1: culture is still a thing and like I feel like we could be – not we specifically, but I feel like a certain dynamic of people could be
0: trying to cancel true crime.
1: Yeah. The true crime community. And it's you know? because
0: of shit like this that exactly. is so unethical mm-hmm. and disgusting when so many of us are just trying to get victim stories out there and that kind of thing. And yeah. we we know most of our listeners, you guys aren't like that, and I'm sure no. you guys all agree with us. But, and it would take a lot to to cancel the whole true crime community because yeah we yeah. we're uh, we're deep <laughs> yeah but I've just been seeing a lot about that type of stuff and I wanted to to mention it because it's been on my mind a lot yeah but anyway All okay right. now we have rambled for
1: eleven done. minutes while we never do that so wow. sorry, you're welcome guys. and we're sorry because <laughs> <laughs> some people want to hear it and some people are like we're so glad you don't do that so yeah anyway you're welcome and we're sorry yes. okay. All right, without further ado, I'm going to jump into my case and I'm going to be covering Ronald O'Brien, AKA the Candyman. Dun dun
0: dun. I've heard of this one. Yeah, it's a doozy. All right. Oh.
1: On October 31st, 1974, Ronald O'Brien took his two children, eight-year-old Timothy and five-year-old Elizabeth, out trick-or-treating. The family, who lived in Deer Park, Texas, only planned to venture out to a few neighborhoods before returning home that evening, seemingly due to the rainy weather because it was kind of drizzly when they started their journey for the evening. Okay. They had gone out with another dad, Jim Bates and his two children that night after the two families had enjoyed dinner together at the Bates house. Okay. So some of the sources, well, a couple of the sources that I got my information from said that the O'Brien family was kind of having some financial troubles and they basically the Bates were just, you know, they're trying to be good friends, trying to be nice. They invited him over for, over for dinner To kind of, you know, put some stress off of them, etc. Okay. So when the O'Brien family returned home from trick-or-treating that night, much like many children, on Halloween night, Timothy and Elizabeth wanted to explore their Halloween candy. Timothy had a pixie stick and he immediately wanted it. He was having trouble opening the packaging, so he asked his dad to help him out. Ronald noted that as his son ate the pixie stick... He stated it tasted bitter, unlike the normally sweet kind of sour treat, which I feel like everyone's had a pixie stick, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So Ronald gave his son some Kool-Aid to help wash the bitter taste away. And moments later, Timothy began complaining that his stomach was hurting. Timothy then ran to the bathroom where he became violently ill. He was convulsing and vomiting uncontrollably uncontrollably
0: that must be so terrifying but also I feel like at the time and you might this might be like the next thing you're going to say but I feel like as a parent you're probably just like oh they have probably had so much candy today. too much like, candy you wouldn't yep. necessarily connect like him saying this tasted bitter to like what was happening
1: right exactly. So, his parents were concerned, and they did call for an ambulance, but sadly, 8-year-old Timothy died en route to the hospital.
0: I can't imagine. You have no clue what's going on. Like, that fast. I mean, they said it was less than an hour. Less than a freaking hour. Yeah. Was he showing other signs other than violent vomiting, or, like, was that pretty much what he, like, experienced sickness-wise?
1: Yeah. That was
0: pretty much it. He was convulsing. So I don't know if that, like,
1: necessarily means he was, like, full-on seizing. That's not what I get from that. But just maybe, like, tremoring, like, uncontrollably. Like, you know, when you're sick sometimes, you just, like, shake for no reason or for nervous system reasons. Yeah, yeah. You're like, why am I shaking? It's so
0: scary because it's, like, you think he just, like, you know, has a stomach bug or something like that. Not necessarily. Because, like, really bad stomach bugs can – you can be in pretty bad shape but not – yeah that bad so that's really scary that they probably just thought it was that and then i know and then he passed away i know it's awful
1: so once at the hospital the medical examiner noticed the scent of almonds coming from timothy's mouth an autopsy later confirmed what the medical examiner had been fearful of timothy had been poisoned with potassium cyanide
0: that almond smell is very telling we hear that all the time with cyanide But
1: did you know that only certain people can smell it?
0: I feel like I have heard that before. It's like
1: a genetic DNA type thing. Oh, so not wild. everyone So it's not like a telltale sign because you might not even fucking smell it. That, that's that crazy? so crazy. I'm like, am I the I wanna like I kinda wanna get some and smell it just to see if I know. Yeah, so you can like, like smell find your one your of the Halloween candy. Right. So, Timothy had consumed enough of the poison to kill two grown men. Oh, my God. Yep. According to the CDC, potassium cyanide is a highly toxic chemical asphyxiant that interferes with the body's ability to use oxygen. Exposure to potassium cyanide can be rapidly fatal. It has a whole body effect, particularly affecting those organ systems most sensitive to low oxygen levels, such as the central nervous system, the cardiovascular system, and the pulmonary system. Potassium cyanide is used commercially for fumigation, electroplating, and extracting gold and silver from ores. Yeah, it's like
0: hardcore.
1: Yeah. Yeah hydrogen cyanide gas released by potassium cyanide has a distinctive bitter almond odor but a large portion of people cannot detect it that's so crazy uh, i know the odor does not provide adequate warning of hazardous concentrations god that's like so many words that my mouth is just (laughs) tripping over
0: but so like (laughs) that means that even if you smell it like it's too late basically
1: yeah oh yeah Yeah. And potassium cyanide is white and granular in appearance, similar to sugar or salt. So it really does go undetected. I mean, you put it in a pixie stick, it looks just like the
0: pixie stuff. Okay. Well, my kids are never eating pixie sticks when uh, (laughs) we go Halloween trick-or-treating. Yeah. Honestly, I think my future kids will collect candy and then as soon as we get home i'm gonna throw it all out and give them a giant bag that i bought myself so that <laughs> i just know that there's nothing yeah <laughs> going on with it
1: um so they question ronald and his wife about what happened that night and they explained to police that timothy had eaten a pixie stick he'd gotten while out or treating prior to his death ronald went on to tell investigators that the group had visited a house that night that was dark, and no one initially answered the door. As the kids walked back to meet Jim Bates, which was the other dad that was with them, on the sidewalk where he was waiting, Ronald stayed behind to see if anyone was home. Ronald claimed a man whose face he did not see opened the door and gave him pixie sticks for each of the children. Uh, Ronald then handed out the tubes of candy to five children, the Bates kids, and his own and another little boy he recognized from their church that was also out trick-or-treating that night. So he wasn't technically with them, but you know how it is you like go up to the door and then another little group comes and all that. Yeah. Police were able to retrieve the other four pixie sticks that had been given to the children for sure that night. Thankfully, all of which had not been consumed and upon inspection, they were able to determine that someone had in fact replaced the top two inches of each tube of candy with granules of cyanide. Timothy's death ignited uproar in the community with parents from all over the area and surrounding areas bringing their children's Halloween candy to police in fear that it may be poisoned. Yeah, I bet. It seemed as though a stranger was handing out poison candy solely for the sick purpose of killing children.
0: That's so scary.
1: I know. It reminds me of, like, the
0: Tylenol. Yeah, the ty- the Chicago Tylenol killing. Yeah. Killings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I almost covered that one this, like, today, but I found oh, this really? one instead, and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to do that one. Investigators had Ronald and Jim retrace their steps from that night. Ronald couldn't remember exactly which house he had gotten the Pixie sticks from, despite the fact that they had only been out for a short period of time before the rain started. None of the houses the group had visited that they did remember that evening had been handing out pixie sticks. Okay. This was suspicious to police, and as a result, they began digging into Ronald a little bit more. It didn't take investigators long to uncover that Ronald was over $100,000 in debt. Oh my God. But that doesn't really necessarily point to him poisoning his own child, does it? Like, yeah, no, no just, not necessarily. You know.
0: Like, what would be the gain of, like, what would you get out of that?
1: What he would get out of that is that he had taken out several life insurance policies on both of his children. Okay, that would explain it. That'll do it, right? Yeah. As they search Ronald and Dan's home, they uncovered a little piece of paper from one of those calculators that prints out as you type it. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and on that little printer paper was the amount that he was in debt, what he owed, where, and it was ever so coincidentally, almost the exact same amount that he would have received. Had he actually been able to cash in the insurance policies? What a coincidence. Yeah. They also discovered that Ronald had inquired with various chemical companies on where to buy cyanide and flippantly asked how much it would take to be lethal okay like you can't do that people are gonna be like what the fuck dude yeah during their search police also uncovered a pocket knife in his home with the candy's residue on it suggesting how he contaminated the candy well there you go Mm mm-hmm investigators wholeheartedly believed that ronald intended to kill both his children as well as the bates children in an attempt to make the crime appear random that is so fucked up fucked up yeah oh my god yep (sighs) wow and the mere chance that no one else died from this horrific act is an actual miracle It was later reported that one of the Bates' children had tried to open the candy that night, but his mother told him to wait and have it tomorrow.
0: Wow.
1: And the 10-year-old boy who randomly received the fifth piece of candy from Ronald allegedly had attempted to open the candy but couldn't because it had actually been stapled closed. Oh, my God. That's how he closed it? Yeah, he stapled it. But I guess it was like with a teeny tiny... I mean, you know how tiny those little tubes are. Yeah. But the little boy was found the following morning in his bed gripping the unopened can. (gasps) Oh my God. So crazy. That's so scary. I know. Despite all the evidence against him, Ronald O'Brien maintained his innocence. But nonetheless, he was arrested on November 5th, 1974, and his arrest would absolutely shock and appall their community.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine.
1: I know. Well, especially because, I mean, from, you know, by all accounts, everyone that knew him thought he was a good man. He served as a deacon at the Second Baptist Church where he attended. He also sang in the choir there and ran their bus program.
0: Wow. The pastor
1: of the church described him as a good Christian man, man, man. Man (laughs) who was an extraordinary father.
0: Mm.
1: Ronald had been working as an optician but was on the verge of losing his job. And as a matter of fact, Ronald had been fired from the last 21 jobs he held in a 10 year period. Oh my goodness. Yep. That fall, he was on the brink of being fired again after his employer, which was the Texas State Optical believed that he had been stealing money. Wow. His salary of $150 a week barely covered his living expenses, and Ronald had defaulted on several bank loans, and his car was about to be repossessed. So you're going to kill your kids? I know. I was like, okay, you're backed up into a corner, and you're going to kill your fucking kids? Like, Come up with another
0: scheme. Yeah. Like... (sighs) Rob a bank. Fuck. Like... Flood your house and have, like, homeowner's insurance or something. Not, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Also, is getting life insurance on kids, like, normal? Like, why wouldn't yeah. anybody raise, oh, okay. I was going to say, like, why wouldn't anyone I mean, raise, like, red flags and be like, why is he no, getting it life is. insurance on his kids? I mean, a, a responsible adult
1: thing to do is have a, a policy for every person in your family just because accidents mm. happen and you don't want to you know, wait and then not be able to mm-hmm. give your family member, you know, a proper, proper burial. Okay. Um, so it's sense. not really a red flag necessarily, but if you take out several policies in like a month, yeah, <laughs> that might be a little bit red flaggy, but it's like the 70s.
0: So yeah, I guess that's true.
1: You know, I mean, I don't even know if they notify each other of things like that anyway, but right, okay. Ronald's trial began on May 5th, 1975 in Houston, Texas. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Good. He pled not guilty to all five accounts or counts and claimed a quote unquote boogeyman type person was
0: responsible for these heinous acts. Dude, remnants of it was found on your <laughs> knife or whatever it was like. Yeah. Excuse me.
1: I know. Friends of Ronald's along with a chemist he was familiar with and a chemical supply salesman all testified at his trial against him. Yeah. Okay, good. All claimed that he had shown an unusual interest in cyanide and inquired how much it would be how much would be needed to kill someone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Diane, Timothy's mother also testified that Timothy Actually, did not choose the pixie stick that night, but that Ronald had insisted he eat that one first. <gasps> That's so fucked up. I know.
0: Are you kidding
1: me? And he and his little girl too. His five-year-old little girl was oh. was su- was supposed to eat it yeah. as well. On June third, nineteen seventy-five, after less than an hour of deliberations, a jury convicted Ronald of murder and after 71 minutes they agreed to a death sentence wow after his conviction and sentencing he was sent to the ellis one unit near huntsville texas to await his death while incarcerated ronald was despised and rejected by his fellow death row inmates wow (laughs) that's how fucked up this is
0: i feel like that's what you always hear in like you know in like tv shows and stuff so again we never know how accurate that is compared to the real prison system but i feel like you always hear that like child killers are like oh yeah hated and like other killers or other criminals are they will kill them yeah so good and like the fact that other death row inmates hated him straight up death row
1: inmates were like fuck this guy wow And they reportedly petitioned to hold an organized demonstration on Ronald's execution date to express their hatred of him. (laughs) Oh, my God. Ronald Ronald appealed several times, but each appeal was turned down for nearly a decade after his guilty verdict. Wow. His first execution date was set for August August 8th, 1980. His attorney petitioned for a stay of execution, which is basically a delay in carrying out a court order, and it was granted. Okay. The next date was set for May 25th, 1982, but that date was also postponed due to a case. This is crazy. Now tell me how crazy this is. Due to a case that occurred in California that halted all execution dates. According to the Ottawa Citizen newspaper, a murderer in California, Robert Harris, based his own appeal on the claim that all death sentences with penalties imposed in similar cases. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh
0: my God. Isn't that crazy? So they just like halted
1: executions for like a hot second. Wow. Once all that was squared away... (laughs) A third execution date was scheduled by Judge Michael McSpadden on October 31st, 1982 which would have been the 8th anniversary of Timothy's murder and the judge offered to drive Ronald to the death chamber himself. Oh my god. Yeah, What a badass judge. I know. But sadly that execution date did not hold but finally on March 34th 31st 1984 at the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville just after midnight Ronald was put to death by lethal injection Wow! and he was supposed to get the electric chair but they right before or not right before but like in that time period between his sentencing and his actual death Mm -hmm. they deemed the electric chair Inhumane which it
0: it it is, but I feel it like is. he freaking deserved it like I know, you know it is is. I'm so iffy on the death penalty, but like I feel like he deserved the electric chair, like yeah, mm.
1: yeah, so he was put to death by lethal injection, which I feel like is a much more pleasant way to go, I guess he should I don't have know. had
0: to take the same uh cyanide cyanide that he gave right? to his son,
1: yeah, I kind of agree with that, his last words. Which, who fucking cares, right? Like, but I'm Mm going to tell you anyway. His last words were, quote, What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole justice system is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend
0: my undying love. Oh, to your loved ones. I mean, you mean the son that you murdered? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Your undying love. Yep. Ugh.
1: To those close to me, know in your hearts, I love you one and all. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. P.S. During my Jesus. time here, I have been treated well by all TDC personnel. Oh, my God.
0: What the uh, yeah. fuck? That's all I have yeah. to say. Are you kidding me? Narcissist Narciss- much? Yeah. much? yeah and that's yeah. just him trying to like get on god's good side but you're going to hell sorry yeah yeah
1: so shortly after ronald was convicted and sent to prison his wife diane filed for divorce good she later remarried and her new husband adopted her daughter elizabeth oh which is like sweet yeah yeah after Ronald's execution, Diane said, quote, I'm glad it's coming to an end. I don't think Ronald is sick or... Is a sick or insane person, but he is perverted. It's <laughs> yeah. the end of a nightmare and the beginning of a brand new beginning. Aww. About Ronald, she said, quote, I don't hate Ronald. I just feel nothing. Wow. I feel like that's even stronger than hate. I know. And there was a... um in one of the quotes she was talking about her daughter and how like when she became older she wanted to like visit her father in prison and she absolutely forbade her to do it wow yeah 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 he didn't deserve that he didn't deserve to get to see his daughter yeah and i do wish that you know there was more about timothy so i could highlight that because you know we always like to highlight our victims in our cases um but he was eight years old there's just not a lot of information about him um yeah. plus it was again the 70s so there wasn't you know a yeah. lot of coverage on him oh It is widely known and believed by forensic psychologists that people who poison typically lack empathy based on the premeditated nature in which they killed. Yeah. They're often cold and calculated in their approach to murder. Ronald O'Brien, dubbed the Candyman by his peers, is a breed of evil that stands apart from the others. Yeah. To knowingly murder your own child, especially for monetary gain, is beyond revolting. Mm-hmm. I always say there's a special level in hell for people who kill children, and there's an even deeper region for parents who kill their own.
0: Yeah.
1: One thing is for certain, this horrendous act has left a lasting impression on our society. Society. I cannot talk tonight. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Despite many reports that no other children have died from poison Halloween candy, parents continue, even today in 2022, to check their children's candy to make sure it hasn't been tampered with Mm -hmm. ronald o'brien will forever be known to society as the man who ruined halloween
0: i'm
1: gonna cry i know and that uh such a fucked up case and it really i mean honestly like it really has put that thought into parents minds because prior to this like I don't think people. I mean, yeah, I'm sure some parents. You know, we all have our moments where we're like, everyone's out to get me and my children. You know, yeah, yeah, paranoid, like anxiety, you know, things like that. But he just fucked it up for everybody. Because ever since then, there's always been that, you know, myth, legend, whatever,
0: folklore. Well, and I feel like razor blades and yeah, and I feel like people probably figured out. From that oh we could do this and like hurt children because there are sick people out there who want to do that so i feel like it led to that too yeah what's interesting is actually like shortly before we started recording this episode robert came up to me and he was like have you heard that there people are now disguising fentanyl as halloween candy really and like apparently it's like a thing and it's like on the rise this year specifically so sick and it, it like like you said, it's literally he ruined Halloween because this is still happening. And this was just the start of it. But it has multiplied and turned into different things. And I mean, I remember my parents checking my Halloween candy. Yeah, I check Manny's. Yeah, every single year, I'll definitely be checking my future kids. And like I said earlier, I'd, I might just throw it all out and give him or her candy <laughs> that uh, that I well, purchased. <laughs>
1: It's just like with anything else, you know. Nine times out of ten, it's it's fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's good. People are good innately, I think, in most cases. So yeah, I mean, I think if if you're checking it and you see anything like if there's ever a piece that's like open or anything like that, that bitch is getting tossed. Yeah.
0: But I'm like, yeah. if it's
1: unopened, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with it. Yeah, then it I'm eating fine. it. And I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> but, feel like as
0: long as it's unopened, but. Uh, probably before this case people wouldn't even Mm -hmm. like check the candy to see if it was unopened and then probably not that led to that and it's just become more and more in both the sense that people kind of figured out oh we could do this and in the sense that like parents are checking now yeah wow it's just such a weird
1: i know such a weird thing to even think about doing like i mean obviously i mean i guess his cover was was you know a good plan in his eyes but yeah thank thank goodness that he didn't get away with that because he easily could have i mean he definitely could have
0: he definitely could have and thank goodness nobody else died like i know imagine if his son hadn't eaten it and either one of the other kids or the other boy the fifth boy that got it Mm -hmm. like they might have never connected it to him yeah i mean they probably wouldn't have wow oh yeah poor timothy
1: I know. I just, God, could you imagine, like, your father?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, obviously he doesn't know. He didn't know that's what was happening, but Jesus. Yeah, but still. Oh,
0: that's so sad. Horrifying. I'm glad you got to tell
1: his story. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We will catch up with you guys on Monday with a brand new case. And until then, keep it human. Bye.